Welcome to Goop Tales, episode 14, Askelot and the Wise Buddha. I'm Maria Calancini, and I'm the author of Goop Tales. And in today's episode, Askelot is a very sweet little goop who asks um, a lot of questions, maybe too many questions, without thinking first. So she ends up traveling to China and meeting a Buddha and a red panda. So let's find out what happens in Askelot and the Wise Buddha. And after the story, I will tell you how you can go to the website gooptales.com and see all of the photos that go with this story. And then I invite you to download the first half of the story and write your own fairy tale ending for the second half. So enjoy the story, and I will see you on the other side. Goop Tales, Episode 14, Askelot and the Wise Buddha Children, behold Miss Askelot a most attractive little tot. She was not rude, nor yet unkind. I never knew her not to mind. Yet she was always asking questions and making most ill-timed suggestions. Askelot and the Wise Buddha, Chapter 1 Once upon a time, there was a little goop girl named Askelot. She was absolutely adorable and always dressed to the nines with a matching hat and frock. She was known for carrying around a little bell that she rang right before she asked questions, which she did far too often. Askelot loved to ask questions that were, for the most part, a bit ridiculous and not really necessary, but she asked anyway. She asked way too many questions without thinking first. Oftentimes, she would ring her bell right before she asked a question, just to make sure everyone heard her. Askelot loved to play dress-up with her goop friends, especially Very Vane, who always had a mirror on hand. Once Askelot and Very Vane were getting ready to go to a birthday party, and just as they were about to leave, Askelot asked, Do you think there'll be cake at the party? Very Vane said, Yes, of course, because there's always cake at a birthday party. What a silly question. Then Askelot rang her bell and asked, Do you think it will be chocolate or vanilla cake? Very Vane said that she didn't know and started out the door. But Askelot rang her bell again and asked, How many goops do you think will be at this party? At this point, Very Vane wanted to grab Askelot's bell and fling it across the room, but instead she stared at herself in the mirror and pretended she couldn't hear Askelot. From time to time, the other goops ignored Askelot because she had the most ill-timed questions and wouldn't stop asking them. One breezy summer day, Askelot went out for a walk in a nearby park. As she strolled along, she thought to herself, I wonder why no one is in this park. I wonder if animals live in this park. I wonder if there's an ice cream stand in this park. Her head was swirling with questions. As she turned a corner, she saw a most unusual looking creature. It was a long-haired dog with a green bow in her hair, 
sitting serenely on a stone. Askelot had never seen such a dog, and she was intrigued. What are you doing just sitting there? She blurted out. The dog didn't move. She just sat there and stared off into the distance, as if she didn't even hear Askelot. Um, excuse me, I just asked you a question, said Askelot in a slightly annoyed tone. The dog still didn't move. Askelot tried again. Um, what kind of dog are you? Once again, the dog didn't move. This didn't deter Askelot. She could always think up another question. What is your name? She asked. Still, nothing. Askelot really wanted the dog to answer her, but nothing was happening. So she said, My name is Askelot. To her great surprise, the dog slowly turned her head and said, No doubt. Askelot was thrilled. The dog had spoken to her once, so surely she would do it again. What's your name? Where are you from? Why are you here alone? Askelot pummeled the tiny dog with her questions. My name is Lee, and I'm from China. I'm on my way back to China. Would you like to come with me? Askelot just stared back at Lee. She was in disbelief. Was she being invited to China by a long-haired Chinese dog? Lee motioned for Askelot to climb up on the stone she was sitting on. As Askelot climbed up the stone, she asked question after question. What is China like? Do your parents live there? Can I eat wontons in China? Lee didn't want to listen to all of these questions. It was too much. She turned her head towards the wind and held it high. The wind came in fast and furious. It picked up Lee and Askelot and blew them in fierce swirls over oceans, mountains, and countries. They flipped and flopped until the wind died down and left them clinging to a stone wall with two giant eyes staring down at them. Chapter 2 Askelot peered up at the eyes as she clung to the wall. Lee had dug in her claws and was quickly making her way down the stone wall. Askelot watched in terror as Lee disappeared. She was all alone with the eyes staring back at her. So Askelot did what she did best. She asked questions. Who are you? She asked the silent eyes. Silence. Why are you staring at me? Silence. Oh, please help me. How do I get out of here? She pleaded. Askelot was growing more frantic by the minute. Her mind was spinning so quickly that she couldn't think straight. Better than a thousand hollow words is one word that brings peace. Said a deep but calm voice. Hearing the voice instantly calmed Askelot. She looked around and didn't see anyone, only the eyes. But this time she noticed that she was right on the edge of what looked like five giant slides. She picked one of the slides, closed her eyes, and slid right down it. When she landed on the ground below, 
She looked back up towards the eyes and discovered that they belonged to a giant stone Buddha. She had just used one of his fingers as a slide. Askelot was in awe of the Buddha. He was so large and so peaceful that she didn't feel afraid. She wanted to ask him a million questions, but she knew this wasn't the time. She glanced around to try to find Lee, who was long gone. I need to find Lee, she thought to herself. She is the only one who knows how I got here and the only one who can get me back. So Askelot set off wandering through the beautiful countryside. She passed villages and forests and rice terraces. She passed rivers and yellow mountains. She didn't know where she was going, but she knew she had to keep moving if she was to find Lee. As she was walking through a forest, she started to think about the Buddha, and she said to herself, What one word could bring peace? Just as she asked the question, a tiny fortune paper dropped from the tree and fluttered to the ground. Askelot picked it up and read it. It said, Teachers open the door, but you must enter by yourself. Hmm, what does this mean? She asked no one in particular. You will need to discover that for yourself, answered back a funny voice. Once again, Askelot was hearing a voice, but she didn't know where it was coming from. She looked around and initially saw only forest trees. Then suddenly, at the very top of the trees above her, she saw a bit of red fur scurrying about, and it was rapidly moving toward the ground. It took only a moment for a small red panda to land right in front of Askelot, who was not too stunned to start ringing her bell and pummeling the little bear with questions. Who are you? Why is your fur red? Did you drop that note for me? Where is Lee? At first, the little red bear just stared at Askelot. She was such a curious creature with this tiny bell and all of her questions. The red panda said nothing and sat in silence and stared, which of course made Askelot frustrated. So she rang her bell and asked even more questions. This made the red panda turn to leave. Wait, don't go. Don't you want to talk to me? Askelot pleaded. The red panda stopped, put his paw to his lips to motion silence, and sat in silence again. Askelot was so surprised that she stopped ringing the bell and asking questions and stared right back. They sat in a long moment of silence, just gazing at each other. After what seemed like an eternity, the bear said, Hong, my name is Hong, and I already know your name, Askelot. Lee told me all about you. Askelot was stunned. Lee had already passed through and been speaking of her? Askelot raised her bell and started in with her questions. What did she say? Where was she going? Why did she run away from me? Hong laughed. <laughs> She described you perfectly, he said. Hmm, sighed Askelot as she thought about the little fortune paper again. Teachers open the door, but you must enter by yourself. What is Lee trying to teach me? She left me. 
she said to Hong. Hong just sat silently as he listened to Askelot. She asked question after question and never gave Hong a chance to say anything. He waited for a very long while until finally she was silent. She didn't have another question left in her for the moment. When Hong was sure she wouldn't ask another question, he said, You won't find Lee until you learn a word that brings peace, and you won't learn that word until you cross the dragon's rice field. That is, if you can cross the dragon's rice field alive. Chapter 3 Ascalot felt panic rising up inside her as worrisome thoughts swirled through her mind. She looked at Hong, who was sitting silently, without fear and without worry. He seemed to know something she didn't. Ascalot was so tempted to start firing off questions, but this time she paused for a moment. She didn't want to scare Hong off and have him disappear, so she decided to think before she spoke. Okay, I understand. If I want to find Lee, I must cross a dragon's rice field and then learn a special word along the way. I can do this, Hong. Really, I can. I only have one question for you. Hong nodded his head. He was listening now. Will you help me? Hong nodded yes, and Askelot let out a huge grin. Hong had been through the dragon rice field before and made it out safely to the other side. He didn't relish the thought of going back in, but he loved adventure and he wanted to help Askelot, now that she was actually listening to him. I have one rule, and you must obey if you want my help, said Hong. Without even thinking, Askelot rang her little bell and started in with her questions. What is it? Is it a hard-to-follow rule? What happens if I break it? Will the dragon find us? Hong sat silently and stared at Askelot until she was silent again. My rule is that you must listen and think before you speak. That is all, said Hong. Then he turned and headed towards the dragon rice field as he motioned for Askelot to follow him. Askelot had about a zillion questions bursting in her head, but she didn't say a word. She quietly followed Hong They walked along through the forest for quite a while until they came to a clearing and saw the most magnificent rice fields spread out before them. Askelot had never seen a rice field before, and she was immediately enchanted. It was an enormous field with layer upon layer that looked like steps going up a mountain. Each layer wasn't much wider than Askelot, and she wanted to run up and down the steps of the rice field. She began to hop with excitement and started running along the steps. As she looked behind her to make sure Hong was following, she saw him motioning for her to stop. Hong quickly scurried over to Askelot and told her that they must move quietly and quickly with no hopping or jumping. If they did, they would awake the sleeping dragon. Then he told her to stop and listen. He put his ear to the ground and motioned for Askelot to do the same. From deep in the earth, they heard a very faint but very distinct fire breath 
beneath the rice field. The dragon is asleep. This is good. Let's keep moving, whispered Hong. We must keep listening to make sure he stays asleep. If that breathing changes, he's waking up. Hong and Asklot moved along quietly through the rice fields. As they walked along, Askelot gazed out over the fields and wondered where Lee had disappeared to. She turned to ask Hong about Lee, but saw that he was far behind her. So she rang her bell and shouted across the fields, Do you think Lee crossed these rice fields? Where do you think Lee is hiding? How long do you think it will take us to find Lee? Just as Askelot was about to ask another question, she watched as Hong put his ear to the ground, and suddenly she was frightened. She shouldn't have rung her bell, and she shouldn't have shouted out questions. Her only job was to listen, and she had failed. Hong looked up at Askelot with fear in his eyes. He had heard a deep, deep trembling beneath the earth. The dragon was awake. Chapter 4 Hong moved quickly towards Askelot as the ground beneath them began to rumble. I'm so sorry, Hong. It was me and my bell and all the questions that awoke the dragon. I know that, snapped Hong, who had never been this frightened. He had crossed the rice fields many times and the dragon had never been awoken. He didn't know what to do, or how to get out of this mess. Askelot felt horrible. She looked at Hong, and she knew it was all her fault, and she wanted to fix it. Her mind started racing as she thought about all that she had learned since she had arrived in China. She thought about what the Buddha had said to her. Better than a thousand hollow words is one word that brings peace. As the rumbling grew louder, Askelot thought to herself, What word would bring peace right now? She was so terrified, she couldn't think of one single word. Askelot was never at a loss for questions or words, and now, when she needed a word most of all, her mind and mouth failed her. They still had a ways to go to get out of the rice field, and the dragon was waking up. He would surely find them once his head popped above ground. There had to be a way to stop him. Askelot turned to Hong, and before she blurted out her burning question, she stopped and thought for a moment. And then very calmly, she whispered, Hong, I have a plan, but I need to ask you just one question for it to work. Askelot was so calm and sure of herself that Hong slowly nodded his head as his fear drifted away. Ask, he said. What is this fire-breathing dragon that lives beneath the rice field fear the most? She asked. Without hesitation, Hong said, Rain, he hates it. I have a plan, said Askelot. We must go to where we hear the loudest rumbling in the rice field right above the dragon's head. And we must go now before he pops up his head. 
Hong was terrified. He wanted to run from the rice fields, not run right over the dragon's head. But Ascalot seemed so confident that he agreed. Quickly, this way, said Hong as he ran off towards the middle of the rice field where the dragon rumbling was the loudest. Once they reached the loudest point, they stood right above it. The earth was shaking, trembling, and cracking. The dragon's head would pop through at any moment. Ascalot whispered her directions into Hong's ear. He nodded in understanding. She raised her bell and rang it as hard and as loud as she could. Then both Ascalot and Hong yelled out, Rain! In the loudest, strongest voices they could. They said it over and over, They stomped their feet on the ground, and Ascalot rang her bell. They shouted until they couldn't anymore. And when they finally stopped shouting, they listened. It was silent. The fire-breathing dragon had retreated far beneath the earth in fear of just one word, rain. Ascalot smiled with pride and turned to Hong. We did it, she said. Then they silently walked right out of the rice field. Once they were safely out, Ascalot turned to Hong and gave him a huge hug. Thank you, Hong. You've taught me so much. Now I must go and find Lee and find my way back to Goop World. Hong said, You've taught me even more. Ascalot beamed as she listened to Hong. No one had ever said anything like that to her before. They waved goodbye, and Ascalot wandered down a tree-lined path. As she walked along, she thought about how she would find Lee and tell her everything. I need Lee to show me the way back, she thought to herself. Just as she thought this, she heard the voice of Buddha say, You already have every answer you will ever need inside of you. Ascalot looked up in surprise. And there, just a few feet in front of her, was Buddha in a tree trunk, staring right back at Ascalot. Before she opened her mouth and pummeled him with questions like, How did you get there? She stopped to think for a minute, and it dawned on her. She did have the answers to almost all of her questions. I need to find my way home, she thought to herself. Then she gently told herself, Don't worry. Just listen. And listen she did. She heard a soft breeze getting louder. It was the same kind of windy breeze that brought her to China in the first place. Ascalot closed her eyes, remained silent, and leaned into the wind. Within moments, she was swirling across the globe, over countries and oceans, until the wind gently dropped her back at Goop World. She opened her eyes and smiled. Sometimes things are really just so simple when you listen and then think, she thought to herself. Then she set off to find her goop friend, Lemmy Try, who was always out on a windy day playing with his little windmill. But Ascalot would have to wait quite a while to find Lemmy Try. He had been a bit too eager to try flying in the wind 
and he was in Holland being chased by a Dutch earth eater. But that is a tale for another time. I hope you enjoyed Ask a Lot and the Wise Buddha. And if you did, I would love it if you would go to iTunes and leave a review for Goop Tales, because those reviews are what allow Goop Tales to get rankings, and it helps me to spread the word so that I can keep on writing and producing Goop Tale. And now it's your turn to write. I invite you to go to gooptales.com forward slash episode 14, that's the number one four, where you will be able to see all of the pictures for this story. You'll get to see the Buddha, the dragon rice fields, the red panda, and make sure and look for the tiny Ascalot that's hidden in every photo. And then you can download the first half of the story and I invite you to write the second half and submit it online for publication at gooptales.com. So that's it for this time. I will see you next time in Goop Tales, episode 15, Lemme Try and the Dutch Earth Eater. Until then, make every day a goop day.